Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to this Friday episode of Let's Ride. I'm Jeff Hartman, your host of this Monday, Wednesday, Friday Let's Ride podcast. Holy cow, I cannot believe it, but the playoffs are upon us. The AFC and NFC wildcards start Saturday. It finishes up on Sunday. The Steelers obviously are the finale. They are the last game of the weekend playing Sunday night, 8-15 Eastern time on NBC. Before we get into the headline and everything, I, I feel like it's important for me at least to kind of break down some of the news that's happening with the Steelers before we get into the nuts and bolts of this ex- this episode. So just the latest news, and this is not breaking news. This is not news that is just happening. Some of this happened on Wednesday. Some of it happened on Thursday. Just wanted to make sure that we're all on the same page before we get started. So first and foremost, on Wednesday, the Pittsburgh Steelers activated Robert Spillane, inside linebacker, and guard Matt Filer. And they were basically starting the clock on them returning to practice. Now, in case you didn't know this, and this has happened a few times with the Steelers so far this season, once a player is taken off of that injured reserve list, uh, they're not taken off, but that clock has started. They have 21 days before they have to be activated and put on the active roster. With the Steelers being in the playoffs, you would expect that Spillane and Filer, if they are healthy enough to play and help the team, they will they will not be waiting 21 days that'll probably be activated this weekend and when they get promoted someone else will have to be waived or whatnot but still Spillane and Filer coming back really helps with the depth at a lot of positions 
Next, today, I'm sorry, Thursday, Eric Ebron and Cassius Marsh were taking taken off of the COVID-19 reserve list. And that just means that they were high-risk contacts around Joe Hayden. I had talked about that on a Let's Ride podcast last time about their, I, I guess, just ignoring protocols, ignoring the situation. And so they're back, though. They're back now. So that means they all tested negative. They did everything they had to do. They're back. They're off that list. And finally, the last bit of news before we get into this uh, this actual episode is Pittsburgh Steelers released a statement today stating that there would be no fans other than the family and friends. I think it's 2,500 that have been in attendance since December. So that's not going to change, unfortunately. You hear these stories about places like Buffalo where they have actually created a specific type of protocol for fans to be there. They have to show up with a, I guess it's like a card stating that they've had a negative test and and all this. It's it's incredible, but at least they're getting the job done. They're going to have some fans in Buffalo. Meanwhile, in Pittsburgh, they will have nothing. So unfortunately, that's out of the Pittsburgh Steelers' control. Everything that I've heard and read states that the Steelers had gone to the state of Pennsylvania and have done the best that they can with plans and protocols, and it's not up to the NFL, it's not up to the Steelers, it's up to the state and the health department, and it just doesn't seem like that's going to get done, unfortunately. Will this be the only uh, playoff game for the Steelers? I don't know. They're guaranteed at least this one. And let's talk about this. Let's get into the nitty-gritty here. This episode is titled, The Steelers' Recipe for Playoff Success is Crystal Clear, in my opinion. I I think that it is so clear. People would ask, how do you think the Steelers are, how would they win? Like, what would it look like? I think that right now, the recipe for the Steelers to actually win, I can't remember a time where it's been as clear as it is right now. That does not mean that it's going to be easy. That does not mean that it's guaranteed to happen. It just means that it's going, that that the way that the Steelers are going to win, if they win, is going to be very cut and dry. Not a lot of gray matter. It's going to be very black and white. Okay, so keep that in mind. So let's rewind the clock here and let's go all the way back to that Ravens game. The Ravens game that was supposed to happen on Thanksgiving and it gets pushed back to Sunday. Then it gets pushed back to Wednesday. It was a Wednesday afternoon game. The Steelers barely won that football game. Looked bad in the process. And after that game is when the Steelers lost four of their last five contests. They lost to Washington, at Buffalo, at Cincinnati, and the season finale in Cleveland. The only win, obviously, was the Week 16 win against the Indianapolis Colts at Heinz Field where they came back from a 17-point deficit and were able to win. However, after that Ravens game, I did a podcast here on Let's Ride. It talked about how the Ravens proved the recipe to beat the Steelers. They gave the recipe. Here it is, everybody. Here's what you have to do to beat Pittsburgh. They're 11-0, but they can be beaten. They can be had. Here's what you got to do. And here's what I said. There were five factors, okay? Number one, turnovers, meaning you have to have the Steelers turn the football over, whether that's Ben Roethlisberger interceptions, whether it's fumbles, it doesn't matter the turnover type as long as you get the ball away from the Steelers' offense. Go back to those games that they lost, Washington, Buffalo, Cincinnati, and even Cleveland last Sunday. All of them had costly turnovers. All, every single game had costly 
turnovers, mainly interceptions. So let's go to the next one. Blown opportunities. We're talking about drops on offense, not making big plays on defense, and sometimes it's not making routine plays on defense that equate to big plays for the offense. Think about Nick Chubb's 47-yard run against the Steelers on Sunday at in Cleveland in the first quarter where he ran through several defensive backs, including Minka Fitzpatrick. Those are routine plays that turn into big plays. It's a blown opportunity. You think about all the drops that the Steelers have had, whether it's Ebron or Deontay Johnson. Even Chase Claypool's had some drops. Those are the things that they can't have to happen. Now you go back to those losses. Washington, Buffalo, Cincinnati, Cleveland. Every single game you could point to some blown opportunities for sure. The next, horrible situational football. And when I mentioned this, it was third down offense and the short yardage failures. My goodness, and third down defense as well. It's not just third down offense. The Steelers have struggled on third down, especially third and long so far this season. But when you're talking about the Steelers and the recipe for how to beat them, you have to win those situations. The next, the red zone issues. The Pittsburgh Steelers offense is very much up and down in the red zone, and you have to be able to hold them to field goals if you want to beat the Steelers. They've done that. Now, the the Steelers' red zone defense, it fluctuates almost equally as much. And I get it because there's been players in and out. You you look at the inside linebacker position. You look look at things like uh, cornerback. Joe Hayden's missed some time. He obviously missed week 17. He's going to miss the playoff game as well. It can all play a factor. But the red zone, you got to win in the red zone. And for the defense, so for the Cleveland Browns this Sunday night, they have to win there as well. And then lastly, I said the only way that, you know, COVID issues basically can derail the Steelers. And you look at Joe Hayden missing the upcoming game. That's going to be, that's, that's going to be big, period. I know Cam Sutton. I like Cam Sutton. I think he's a good guy. I think he's a good player. I think he's going to price himself out of Pittsburgh after the season. Do we, do we as the fans trust Cam Sutton in this game coming up on Sunday? I do. I don't trust any of the other options at defensive back, not Justin Lane or anyone like that. So Steven Nelson is going to have to really play well, and so is uh, Cam Sutton if they want to get to the point where they can, hey, Joe Hayden, come on back, man. We, we got you to the next round. Let's get, in, let's get into the divisional round. That's how you beat the Steelers. And I, that's, it's, essentially that, it's essentially the Steelers have to beat themselves. It, that's, what it, that's what it boils down to. The Steelers have to beat themselves. That's the recipe to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, flip the script let's talk about what i talked what i mentioned at the beginning of this show and that is well the how do they if that's how you beat the steelers how are the steelers supposed to win what are the factors for the pittsburgh steelers to host the cleveland browns sunday night and to punch their ticket to to the divisional round whoever they play who cares they have to go to buffalo again that's fine if they're hosting someone uh if there were some upsets uh, it doesn't matter it doesn't matter as long as you win the game. But here's how it should look. The recipe for success. Here we go. First and foremost, balance. Balance, balance, balance. Hear me or anyone else talk about balance? Well, they immediately think, in my opinion, they think, okay, it has to be 50-50. And when I'm talking about balance, I am talking about offensively. It doesn't have to be 50-50, meaning even run-to-pass ratio. It does not have to look like that. It can be simply running the ball enough that it sets up other aspects of the offense. Running the ball enough 
so that it sets up things like play action. Running the ball to the point where third and one isn't a, oh great, here we go again. And that's the way I feel when I watch the Steelers in a third and short or a fourth and short situation. You're waiting for them to get blown off the ball. Balance to me for this 2020 Steelers offense would be just being able to run it in those situations. That's it. Run it in those situations. Run it effectively enough. If they have 80 yards rushing and that's it, so be it. But if they ran it well enough that they were getting average of four or more yards per carry, that's kind of my watermark for the running game. I really don't care how many yards they rush for. If they rush for 150, I would be ecstatic. I'm not going to complain about that. If they rush for 80, but they're averaging 4.5 a clip, that's a good average. That means they're running it well enough when they do try to run it that it's at least going to get the defense's attention, okay? Balance is going to be key. It has to be, it doesn't have to be even. Again, I try to make that as, as clear as possible that it does not have to be even. It just has to be efficient enough because the Steelers passing, we know that's how they're going to want to move the ball no matter what. Speaking of passing, the next factor, the next part of the recipe for the Steelers' success is that intermediate passing. Everyone wants to point to, in Week 17, the deep passes from Mason Rudolph to Deontay Johnson, a couple to Chase Claypool, and rightfully so. But I think that when the Steelers' offense is really hitting its groove, I mean, they are in sync, they're in rhythm, is not necessarily when it's the deep ball, It's when the intermediate passes are there and they're hitting them. And it's just, honestly, I I can say that I've watched Ben Roethlisberger play every game of his career. And the best part of his game and my favorite thing to, my favorite aspect of his game to watch him do on a weekly basis, and he hasn't done it that much this year, is when he has those beautiful passes down the seam. It used to be to Heath Miller. We've seen a couple to Eric Ebron, Juju Smith-Schuster, Those seam passes, I don't know what it is. It's just a thing of beauty. And again, we haven't seen a lot of that this season. It's those intermediate routes that the Steelers, and especially in the middle of the football field, mind you, in between the hashes, they have avoided those like the plague. And maybe, I don't know, maybe this week they're going to say, okay, now is when we do it. Pulling out all the stops, now is when we start attacking the middle of the field. Now is when we start intermediate passes, it's going to set everything else up. I just talked about balance. If you can hit intermediate passes and then you take your shots deep, all of a sudden that box, that eight-man box, is going to get a lot lighter. They're not going to be able to crowd the line of scrimmage, and it's also going to open up the underneath stuff that they love to do, those little slants of Deontay Johnson, getting Chase Claypool on the inside routes, back shoulder throws. All of it's going to open up if you can get those intermediate routes going. That's what the Steelers need to do. That's why that's really important, and it's really important to me. The next part of the recipe, creativity. Oh, my goodness, for the love of all things holy, creativity. On defense, this is the point where you see maybe some exotic blitzes, something that you have never shown yet this season. And no, it's not just Mike Hilton blitzing off the edge. Not that at all. I'm talking about maybe, just maybe, you have something up your sleeve, Keith Butler, that you're like, okay, Ace in the whole time. Baker Mayfield hasn't seen this. No one has seen this. Let's see if he can figure this out. Maybe this is when you kind of try that um, you know, that, that unique style of defense where everyone's standing up at the line of scrimmage. They do that on occasion, but I'm talking about creativity. This is where if you saved something, if you saved anything, now's the time to use it. 
You can't save anything anymore because it's now or never. Going to talk about that at the end of the show. And on offense, can the brother get a trick play? <laughs> I mean, seriously. We, we as fans got so accustomed back in the early days of Ben Roethlisberger's time with the Steelers and the early 2000s or mid-2000s, there was a trick play like maybe once a game. It was a reverse to Antoine Randall that was a pass. It was a flea flicker. I, they used to, I remember a play, this might have been before Roethlisberger, but I remember a Monday night football game in Tampa Bay where Jerome Bettis threw a pass. He threw a touchdown pass. This is where you might have a couple trick plays that you dig into the old treasure chest and you say, if we get this down in distance, if we get this, you know, if we get everything the way that we want it, down in distance, this part of the field, I'm going to try this. And if they can do that, that's that's I, I would love to see that creativity. But I talked about it on Wednesday. Sometimes those trick plays, now they can come back and bite you. So if it's not working, if it's not good, don't force it. But my gosh, it, I, at this point with, with Randy Feetner and his offense, it doesn't have to be a trick play. It can be anything that is even remotely creative, I would take, period. Just give me something that's not the, the normal stuff. That's what I would like to see. The next recipe is... P-O-T. P-O-T. Pot. No, I'm not talking about marijuana or cannabis. I'm talking about points off of turnovers. If the Steelers are going to take the ball away, and it's not a guarantee that they do, but they they do take the ball away at a really nice clip. They finished this regular season at, I think it was second, maybe third, with turnover differential. They take the ball away, and when they do, it's going to be up to the Steelers' offense to actually make teams pay for it. Don't just take it away. Make them pay. That's the whole point of points off of turnovers. And if the Steelers can play offensively a clean brand of football, meaning they're not turning it over, they're not making poor decisions, they're not just literally choking the ball, the game away, when the defense or if the defense takes the takes the ball away, gets that takeaway, whether it's an interception, a fumble recovery, it's imperative that the offense takes advantage. Sometimes, especially in the playoffs, you can't just settle for field flipping plays. You know, a, a Steven Nelson interception and the offense goes three and out. Hey, but at least we flipped the field. Come on. No, got to get some points. It might just be a field goal, but points off turnovers is going to be huge. And the last thing, is the Steelers have to win situational football. They have to win situational football. I talked about it with the recipe on how to beat the Steelers, and it's the same thing for the Steelers winning. They have to be good in the red zone. They have to be good on third downs. Short yardage. Oh, my goodness. If they would just fix short yardage, if that was the only thing. I mean, I would love for their third down offense and defense percentage to be increased. I would love it. But if they could just fix those third and shorts, fourth and shorts, give fans, I don't care if it's a quarterback sneak with Joshua Dobbs or Mason Rudolph, give fans some sense of calm when they get into third and short. Because right now, and I know I'm not alone, when the Steelers get into a third and one, I think to myself, I'd rather them be third and three. That's just just the way that it is right now. The Steelers are struggling. The Steelers are struggling in that area. So if they can do those five things, have balance offensively, Work the intermediate routes. Have some creativity on both sides of the football. Take the ball away, and when you do, put points on the board. And then lastly, you got to win those those very, very important situations. The situational football is going to be very key. So there you have it. The Steelers' recipe for success is, in my opinion, written in stone. It is not difficult. Can they do it? That's the question.
Well, you're going to get my picks for all the wild card matchups coming up right after this break, as well as a heart heart. Stay tuned. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment of this. Last Friday. I can't believe it's Friday. Boy, this week has flown by. It's a Friday episode of Let's Ride, and we are here to talk about picks. I'm. I said it last week. I'll say it again. It's definitely sad for me. It's sad when I'm approaching this part of the show where my pick segment. I'm so used to just rattling off, you know, this information and numbers and all this, just rapid fire. Uh, I grew up loving NFL primetime with Chris Berman and Tom Jackson. It was must-watch TV in my house. Every Sunday evening, we sat down in our basement and watched NFL primetime. And especially when the Steelers, I mean, all the nicknames. And by the way, I'm an ESPN Plus guy. Uh, I, I have it on my Roku because I still watch Chris Berman, and now it's Booger McFarland. He's not as bad as you think, by the way. Uh, I still watch primetime. I still watch primetime, and it's still good. He still does it. Berman with a whoop in the – it brings back so many memories. And when I play the music uh, to go along with my pick segment, boy, is that nostalgic for me. And I'm sure it's nostalgic for a lot of you that are about my age or maybe even a little older that can really remember the glory days of ESPN, the glory days of NFL primetime. It was a lot of fun, but it's sad when all of a sudden now we only have a handful of games. There's six games left. It's just six games, but we're going to take a little bit more time with these games. We're still going to run that music. We're still going to get everything together, so why don't we do that right now? Why don't we get all this stuff in here? All right, here we go. Let me find that tape. Okay, and uh, yep, we got it. All right. Here we go. So let's start off on Saturday. The games start on Saturday at 1.05 p.m. The Indianapolis Colts go to the Buffalo Bills. This should be an exciting game. I am actually really excited for almost all these games. I think all the AFC games are going to be great. The NFC games, meh. Uh, It is what it is. But the Indianapolis Colts are going to Buffalo, and they're getting 6.5. The Indianapolis Colts are getting 6.5. This could be Phillip Rivers' last go-around. He has to have surgery on his foot in the offseason. No way. He only signed a one-year deal with Indianapolis. And with you know, Indianapolis might be looking for more of a long-term solution at quarterback. And Rivers is certainly not a long-term solution. But the Buffalo Bills are maybe the hottest team in the NFL right now, playing at home. I said it earlier in the show, they're going to have some fans there. Bills Mafia, at least part of it, is going to be represented. That's going to be a crazy environment. It's going to be a tough place to play for the Indianapolis Colts. If the Colts stand a chance, and this sounds crazy because we're not talking about Tom Brady. We're not talking about Peyton Manning back in the day. We're talking about Josh Allen. But that offense can strike so fast, the Colts are going to have to run the football. 
if Jonathan Taylor can get going and he can, and he and Himes and whoever else they want to put back there, if they can get the running game going, run behind that offensive line that is very, very good, then they have a chance. Then they have a chance. Keeping that offense off the field, they have a legitimate shot. However, you look at Buffalo, you give them, you, you, man, you just can't give them too many opportunities. I actually like the Bills here to cover the six and a half points. I like Indy. I think they're getting good, really good defense, but I think Buffalo is just riding a really, really big hot streak right now. They're going to be all jacked up, hosting the playoffs as the number two seed. I'm going to take the Bills giving six and a half, and the over-under set at 51 and a half. I say take the over. All right, now we go to 440, Saturday at 440. These times are weird. 440 p.m., the Los Angeles Rams go to the Seattle Seahawks. The Rams, the defense is good. They are legit. Offense, without... Uh, without Jared Goff, it just doesn't look the same. It just doesn't look the same. And Seattle has been, as, in my opinion, one of those up-and-down teams. You have another NFC West, a divisional matchup in this NFC game, and you're thinking about, can the Rams do anything? I don't think they can. Going to Seattle is a tough place to play. Russell Wilson and that Seattle team looks like they've kind of turned the corner. They started red hot, then they kind of hit a lull. It seems like they've kind of picked things up again at just at the right time. Seattle's giving three and a half in this game. I think that spread is actually really, it's a lot tighter than I was expecting. I would have expected more of that six and a half that we just talked about with Indian Buffalo, but three and a half. Seattle's giving three and a half. I'm going to take the Seahawks giving three and a half. The over-under is set at 42 and a half. I'm going to take the over. I think this one might be a little bit more high scoring than people think. And then the nightcap on Saturday, 8.15 p.m., the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady, Antonio Brown, uh, all those players in Tampa Bay had great defense. They go to Washington to play the 7-9 Washington football team, the representatives of the NFC least, and the Tampa Bay Bucks on the road in the postseason. They are giving 8.5 points. 8.5 points. This was a tough pick for me. Not straight up. I don't think there's any way Washington wins this game. I'll be stunned if they do. But eight and a half points on the road. Washington's defense is a good defense. Their secondary is good. Chase Young is a shining star, as just even as a rookie. Tampa Bay giving eight and a half. Tough pick. I think Tom Brady he plays his best football in the playoffs. I like the weapons that they have. Mike Evans, who hurt his knee last week, they're saying he's going to go. I think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win. I think they cover the eight and a half. The over/under set at 45. I'm going to take the over. Believe it or not, because I don't think Washington's going to score many points, but I will take the over. Next, let's go to Sunday, 105. This is the game that I am the most excited to watch. I know that the Colts and Bills are going to be good, but the Ravens and Titans at 105 in Tennessee, Baltimore is going to want some revenge. Remember, it was Tennessee that ended their season early in the divisional round last season. These two teams, there is no love lost between the two. But believe it or not, Baltimore, they've been playing some great football. They are on the road giving three. Again, giving three points on the road. A road favorite, that is insane. The over-under is even crazier. 55 is the over-under. I don't know what it is. I know that Tennessee likes to run the ball. I know that Tennessee has a really good offense. I'm not impressed with Tennessee's defense. I think this could be a shootout. Even though Baltimore's defense is pretty good, I think this could be a shootout. There's something deep down in my gut, and I hate to say this because it makes me want to vomit. It makes me want to have to take a shower. I think the Baltimore Ravens are going to blow the Titans' doors off. 
I really do. I just think the Ravens are playing great football right now. I think Tennessee is is not. I'm going to take the Ravens, giving three on the road, over under 55. Believe it or not, I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take the over. I'll be shocked if it's under 55. Next, let's go to the 440 game. The Chicago Bears, who barely got into the playoffs, go down to the New Orleans Saints. The Saints are giving 10. Drew Brees, he is coming off a great game last week. There's rumors that this could be his last season, just like we talked about Phillip Rivers. The Saints are going to want to send him out in style. If that's the case, I'm not sure if he'll come back or not. Still, Chicago, is are they a dangerous team? I don't see them as being a dangerous team, and the spread indicates that. The New Orleans Saints are giving 10 at home with an over-under set at 47. Minus 10 for the Saints, over-unders at 47. I just think the Saints are a really good football team. I like their defense. If they can get Michael Thomas back and healthy, we know Alvin Kamara. I'm, I'm thinking he'll be back for this game. If he's not, I still think they can run the ball well enough to win this game. Uh, I think they win it comfortably. I'll take the Saints giving 10. The over-under of 47, I'll take the over. Okay, let's get to the game that everyone that's listening to this podcast is excited and wants me to talk about the most, the 8-15 showdown between the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's the third time these two teams have met. They met in Week 17. Cleveland beat won that game 24-22, but we all know it wasn't Ben Roethlisberger. It was Mason Rudolph. It wasn't Marquise Pouncey. It was J.C. Hassenauer. It wasn't Cam Hayward. It was Isaiah Bugs or Carlos Davis or Henry Mondeau. Uh, it, it wasn't T.J. Watt. It was either Ola Adenye or Alex Highsmith on that side or any uh, J. Ron Elliott. This is going to be a different game for a lot of reasons, not just because the players playing, but because the Cleveland Browns are and continue to be uh, ravaged by the COVID-19 issues within their locker room. No Kevin Stefanski. Uh, they're already going to be without, I believe they're going to be without Denzel Ward. I don't know. They might. He might be back. I'm not sure. Uh, they're going to be without their starting guard, Betonio. He's their anchor on that offensive line. He's out. They're going to be playing, I think, their third or fourth string guard. And that that player is going to go up against Cam Hayward, by the way. Um, you, you look at receiver, they've got uh, a couple guys on the COVID list. They have another one in concussion protocol. You just wonder, is this just too much for them to overcome? And then the Steelers, on the other hand, seem to be going the opposite way. And they're getting Ebron back. They're getting Marsh back. They're getting Filer back. They're getting Spillane back. Maybe they get Boswell back even for this game. I just don't see a way that the Cleveland Browns come into Pittsburgh and win. The question now is, do the Steelers cover the six-point spread? The Steelers are giving six. At home, prime time, the over-under set at 47.5. That's the question. Does Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, and Kareem Hunt have what it takes? Does that defense without Olivier Vernon have what it takes? And Ronnie Harrison, who is on the COVID-19 list now too. Um, do they have what it takes to actually come in there and say that last week, uh, you know, we put our cornerbacks on an island and we're prepared for Chase Claypool this week. We're prepared for Deontay. I just don't see it happening. I just don't see it happening. I like the Steelers to win this game, their first playoff win since 2016. I like the Steelers to win. I like them to cover. And I like the over at 47.5, barely. I like the Steelers to win this game 31 to 17. That's right. The Steelers 31, the Browns 17. The Browns playoffs end just as fast as they start. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that pick segment. I know I did. I want to take this the last few minutes here with my heart-to-heart segment and talk about playoffs. 
I wrote the th- a Throwback Thursday article for the BehindTheSteelCurtain.com yesterday, Thursday, and it was all about the 2002 playoffs, the last time the Browns had been to the postseason. Clearly was when they played the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2002 at Heinz Field. It was a memorable game. You know, there's something just special about the playoffs. It, it, it's it's nerve-wracking. My wife hates it. She hates playoffs anything. There's nothing she hates more than playoff hockey, by the way. If it's Game 7, overtime, I think back to 2016 when it was the, the Ottawa Senators, Game 7, double overtime, she literally went to bed. I, I can't deal with this pressure because you just never know what's going to happen. But the playoffs, there's something special. I'll never forget as a kid growing up, it was either we went to my dad's friend's house or he came to our house and we rotated in the playoffs. And it, it was just... Th- it was just a vibe about it. You know, my dad has a terrible towel that he only brings out in the playoffs. Like he, you never see it. It never sees the light of day unless it's the playoffs. And here we are getting ready for the first game since 2017. And it's just incredible. All these memories get brought back up. I think about 94, the disappointment, uh, in the, in the AFC championship game. I think about 95 in that AFC championship game, um, where Harbaugh almost brought them back the Colts. Uh, I think back to 2002, like I talked about, 2005, that magical run where they beat the Colts and Jerome Bettis' fumble. Uh, 2008, obviously, was just a memorable season. I'm excited for this team to make some memories. That's what I'm excited for. I'm excited for this this playoff run. And like I've always said, it's now or never. It's now or never. And I loved what Ben Roethlisberger said in his media availability on Wednesday. He said, look, we wanted to make it very clear that you can never bank on having another playoff opportunity. You have to take advantage of everything. Leave nothing behind. No stone unturned. I hope the Steelers are ready. I really do. There's been a lot of doubt put into our brains, and rightfully so because this team has struggled down the stretch. But I think if this team can get their minds right, they can eliminate those mental mistakes, they are going to be a really tough out in the postseason. Folks, don't forget that this team was 11-0. Don't forget that. Okay? Just keep that in the back of your mind. When you think about December when you think about losing four or five, yeah, it's natural to start thinking, oh boy, this could be bad. Remember, they were 11 and 0. They can find that mojo again. I think they do. I think they will. I think when I talk to you again on Monday for another Let's Ride, we're going to be celebrating a playoff win. That's what I'm hoping. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Okay, folks, I hope you have a great Friday. I hope you have a great weekend. I hope for this 30 minutes or so, I got you away from some of the the junk that's going on in our country right now. I hope that for this 30 minutes, you were able to focus on something that's just, you know, it's just Steelers football. That's what it's all about, folks. That's what it's all about. So, hey, make sure BehindTheSteelCurtain.com is your one-stop shop for all things Steelers. I'm Jeff Hartman, co-editor of said website. As we always finish it out, be safe, be kind, and God bless. Go Steelers. Here we go. See you on Monday. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. 
Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.